0: Over the past several months, the coronavirus pandemic has caused a lot of changes, and as a result, we've experienced a lot of constraints, both personally and corporately. I've witnessed many times where these constraints have led to various creative solutions. For instance, schools have done parades instead of traditional graduation ceremonies. While this isn't an ideal situation for the graduates, it was at least a way to celebrate the accomplishments. I live out in the country and a nearby small town had the whole town involved in this graduation uh, parade where maybe normally there would have been less community involvement. And also, while many small businesses have had to close for a period of time and they suffered a lot, and maybe there's even some that have closed permanently because of that, there's other businesses that have had to rethink how they can be able to operate while still under the legal limitations my wife and i recently went to a restaurant and found out that we can pay the bill through our phone no need for a paper check or using the ziosk machine and so it's causing some different innovations in that way churches also have come up with ways to be able to gather and well many churches um, for example have utilized streaming services and There's a lot of churches that are adapting better ways of being able to do that. Our church has been doing that. And during that time, they were able to really look at and make some improvements in how they were streaming the services and make some improvements along those lines as a result of it. And there's also churches that have been started doing parking lot services where everyone stays in their vehicles and listens over a loudspeaker or a radio transmitter or something like that. And so my church is one that did this as well. And so we started having only online services for a few weeks, and then we started meeting in the parking lot. And as things started opening up, we started having indoor services, but we increased sanitation practices and following social distancing and things like that. So we sat in every other pew and wore masks and different things like that. And so we're adapting to be able to still do the things that we had done before. And so, I also think about the movie of Apollo thirteen. That has absolutely nothing to do with the pandemic that we're in, but it still de- still demonstrates this. And so, and if you haven't seen the movie yet, for whatever reason, I'm sorry for any spoilers. Now, in the movie, when the shuttle experienced an electrical malfunction, the CO two filter stopped working, and so an extreme situation was created to where they were losing the oxygen that they had, and it was being replaced by carbon dioxide. And so they were basically creating a toxic, poisonous situation for them. Now, they discovered that there was an option to be able to make some modifications to be able to make it work, but they were faced with having to connect the proverbial round peg in a square hole, and, it may have been the other way around. I can't remember for sure in the movie, but that's close enough of a an analogy. And so the scientists back on Earth were gathered together and a box of miscellaneous parts were thrown on the table. And the leader of them said, we have to make this fit into this. They were showing the two different pieces that needed to be connected. And they said, but we can only use these parts, the ones that they had just thrown on the table. And so they only had a very short amount of time as well to be able to do that before the toxicity got way too high. And so, spoiler alert, they were able to figure it out and able to save the astronauts as a result of that. But they were in a situation to where there were extreme limitations, extreme circumstances, but that allowed them to be able to get creative with the things that to do things with stuff it wasn't intended for, but to make it work so that they could be able to survive. And so as I've been thinking about this idea of constraints breeding creativity, I found two different articles. There's some other ones that I had seen as well, but the two that I wanna mention are from Inc Magazine and also the Harvard Business Review, the online version of those anyway. And so the Harvard Business Review article They had conducted a survey and found that individuals, teams and organizations benefited from a healthy dose of constraints. And also the Inc magazine article said that we actually need constraints to get good at creating something remarkable. Now, I'm going to have links for both of these in the show notes so you can be able to go and check those out. And both articles then go on to explain how constraints can help by forcing you to work with less so you can actually begin to see the world differently. They even talk about how new inventions and business practices have been inspired through various uh, constraints throughout the years. And so they do mention, though, that too much constraint can dampen, uh, dampen the creativity, can be a hindrance. So in other words, there's a point of diminishing returns. And so it's like chocolate, a little bit is good, but too much isn't good for you. Now, whether you agree with that statement or not about chocolate, the fact is that uh, constraint works in that same way. Some constraints are good. It can be very helpful. But if you have too much constraint, it can um, hamper the creativity because there'll be too much frustration and things like that that will slow down the creative process. And so I wanted to share a couple of ways that you can be able to use constraints. And I'm getting this from um, from one of these articles here, the Harvard Business Review article. And so number one is to limit the inputs. And that could be things like limit the amount of time that you have, the human resources. So how many people are working on whatever project it is, the funds, the money available, the materials that you had to be able to use and so forth. So limit the things you had to be able to use to be able to get that done. Then also number two, enforce specific processes. So in other words, you can only do things in certain ways. And so they gave some examples like the lean startup model and agile management practices and things like that to be able to get it done. And so um, so being able to work in those type of situations and so having certain processes, certain rules that you got to follow Then the third thing that you can be able to use to be able to use constraints is setting specific output requirements. In other words, you have to get this certain thing out of whatever it is that you're doing. And so, uh, so those different things. And so I remember when I was in, uh, working in a factory, we constantly had, um, a various amounts of each of these, but we would always have those output requirements. We had to have a minimum amount that we had to reach and we had to figure out ways to be able to reach those goals of how much we produced. And so, and obviously if we didn't reach those things, then there were negative consequences like having to work overtime and things like that, to be able to get the, uh, the number that we needed. But we had those constraints of trying to reach those numbers, getting certain things done in certain timeframes. And so, so I guess that kind of lit puts into number one as well with the the limits that we have put on there. And so, um, so while these came from the Harvard business review and has that um, business slant, we can apply these to our personal lives as well. So a couple of questions that I have here to kind of think about as far as maybe some examples of areas in a personal life that we might be able to use is like, how can you create a garden when you have little to no yard to be able to work with? And so I personally live on 10 acres. I have a a large area where I can be able to put a garden, but there's a lot of people that they live in houses with small yards or they live in apartments, but people even in those situations are able to find places to be able to make a garden with a small little garden. Maybe it's in a window whatever it is. And so you can be able to find ways to be creative with that kind of stuff, even though you're constrained on the space that you have. So another question here is, how can you declutter and organize your house when it seems like you have more stuff than space? And so just as a kind of an aside, I love seeing this type of show like tidying up with Marie Kondo, different organizational and decluttering type of shows. Um, and I look up articles and you can ask my wife. I'm constantly looking at different storage options and things like that, and she probably gets annoyed at it at some particular times. And so uh, if you were to look at my house, though, you would not necessarily see that reflected in uh, the condition of our house and how uh, disorganized um, a lot of it is. But anyway, I still like it. But anyway, so how can we be able to do that? How can we make the stuff that we have fit? And there might be different reasons and different things. But when you really start to look at it, you can make it work. It just takes a little bit of creativity to be able to make it work. Then another question, here: how can you make your budget work when you lose 25% of your family income? And so that might be a reality for a lot of people here lately because they haven't been able to work as much. They've had a cut in income. Maybe it was more than 25%. and But people are able to potentially still make things work even with less income. But it takes creativity. It takes working at um, at trying to figure out how you can be able to make things work. And so I remember hearing a lot of examples on Dave Ramsey's show Uh, Dave would have people call in and do what he calls a debt free scream. And so with this, they would also share their story of how they paid off their debt. And they would go from when they realized that they had this problem, they needed to take care of it. And they came across Dave's solution, his baby step program and things like that. And so they started making some changes. So they got to the point where they realized the limitations that they had to be able to pay off the debt. And then after evaluating their priorities, they made some changes to actually start paying it off. And usually it would start by cutting unnecessary things out of their budget. In other words, bye-bye cable company and other different things like that, that were just nice to haves, but weren't essential for actually being able to live. Sometimes it might be selling a car and buying something much older that you can buy with cash. That way you don't have a car payment. Different things like that. And sometimes they would sell things or get part-time jobs to bring in a little extra money as well to be able to pay off the debt that they have. But in every situation, it seemed difficult or impossible when they started. But when they saw that they would have to make the changes um, and, and they, they started implementing it and they, they started just doing sort of things that by looking at it differently and making these changes, they were able to make a big difference. And then it usually creates lasting changes and differences in the way that they view their money and lives as well. And so it's not just getting past this one thing. It changes the way they really look at everything overall. And so facing constraints really makes us to evaluate what's actually important and necessary versus what's just nice to have. And so in America, we are very used to having a lot of luxuries and there's a lot of luxuries that we get so used to that they almost feel like needs, but they're really not. And so going out to eat is a nice to have. It's a luxury. It's not necessary but we get so used to it we feel like we have to have it but we don't and so with everything getting shut down we have obviously not been eating out as much and so we still survived and we actually saved money because we weren't going out to eat and so and so we it helps us to be able to evaluate Those things that are actually important. And so, when you start prioritizing things and you only have limited resources, that combination causes you to look at your situation differently, and you can be able to then in turn make some big differences in your life. And so, I want to encourage you to really think about this and see what differences that you can make in your life. Look at your situation, look at the limitations and the constraints that maybe are just there naturally because of the way society is, or because of the way your work is, or whatever the situation, there's boundaries and limitations that have been created by that. But maybe there's things that you can implement into your own life that would cause maybe some additional constraints. For example, if you have a budget and you have a certain amount of income coming in, why don't you count on like less. So let's say that you bring in $4,000 a month for your family. Maybe you can just count on $3,000 a month coming in and create a budget around $3,000. That would give you $1,000 extra to be able to put towards debt or savings or whatever it is that you got going on. And you can be able to do that or toward a vacation whenever things open up to be able to do that. And so if you're able to do that, that you're creating that um, constraint, it's a uh, it's not a, a real constraint because technically you do have a little bit more money, but you're creating a constraint and it allows you to be more creative in what you're doing. And so look at different things in your life and see how you might be able to apply this principle of limitations and constraints To be able to breathe the creativity that you need in your life, to be able to help your life personally, maybe you can implement that in your business as well, in your work. And so, there's a lot of things that we can be able to do with that. And so, I've had a lot of a lot of thoughts around this over the last couple months, especially as as we're seeing all kinds of different things that are going on. And I thought I'd share that with you because I think it'd be very helpful for each of us to be able to implement this type of thing into our lives. And so that would be the encouragement that I have for you with this episode. So we're going to go ahead and wrap this up for this week. You can get the show notes by going to successroadpodcast.com slash 010. And you can be able to get the show notes there that way. And again, links will be in the show notes. You can also swipe over in your podcast app and that'll work for you. But otherwise, I am going to see you on the next episode. Thank you. God bless.